0: Well, good morning and welcome to church. It is so good to see all of you here today. I want to welcome our friends online this morning, and we're so glad to have you with us, and we're going to have a great time in the Word of God today. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in turning to the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 is where we'll be today. And I'm excited about this message for a lot of reasons, but I'm excited because I'll be bringing this message to you. And I know something about every single one of you because it's a universal truth it's something that applies to all of us and so this message is gonna be gonna be equally applicable to everybody here today and what I know about you is this you would all prefer to be happy you'd all prefer to be happy I think that's an obvious but here's the next statement I want to make although we would prefer to be happy the fact is we don't always know how to be happy we 're just not sure how to do that now, we are honest today we'd have to all confess we all dream of living a happy life, and we may define a happy life in different ways. but I think in general, most people would say a happy life consists of of good relationships, good, solid relationships, um, maybe a good job, uh, a good place to live uh, plenty of money, and then maybe a little money on top of that just to make sure we got enough. So we've got a, a good relationships, we've got a good job, good place to live, these types of things, and, and plenty of money. I, I think we would say if we had all of those things, certainly we would be happy at least a great amount of the time, but would we? I think we all know people who live in what we might think is an ideal situation, and yet they still have difficulty and struggle with happiness as so many of us do. I'm going to take a moment to share a statement with you that will sound very bold. It could even sound arrogant. And I don't mean it that way. But I want to tell you what I'm going to seek to tell you today. I'm going to tell you today what makes you happy. Now, before you say, Pastor, who do you think you are? You're standing up there. You're going to tell me what makes me happy. And 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 before I do that, and I am going to seek to do that in a moment, listen, I'm not the only guy in the world who at least professes to have the ability to tell other people what makes them happy. I think most of you have seen a lot of commercials this week on TV, and there have been people on the other end who've told you what you need to be happy. You've seen advertisements. You've heard things on the radio. We have a lot of people in our world today that want to tell us That if we would just buy their product or eat their meal, we've even got a happy meal, don't we? If we buy their product, if we'd eat their meal, if we try their program, that we would be really, really happy. In fact, I want to go so far today as to say that those times in which we are unhappy reveal that we don't know how to be happy in every situation. We think if we could only wear, or if we could only have, or we could only be, or we could only do, and so on, but happiness is clearly elusive, because people market today their products, and their profits, and their programs, these things that will make you happy, but no one can actually sell you the product of happiness. It can't be purchased. So I'm gonna tell you today what makes you happy. You ready? Here it is. <laughs> Nothing makes you happy. Let me, let me reword it a little bit to help you help you. No thing makes you happy. Now, there are a lot of Madison Avenue marketers right now saying, I sure hope no one listens to what this guy has to say today because our world says you've got to get the right stuff and then totally you'll be happy. But I'm going to tell you today that no thing makes you happy. And I think there's a sense in which most of us know this We We've all had those times where we thought, if I could just get that car, I would be very, very happy. But our happiness after we get the car declines almost as fast as the value does when we drive it off the lot. We think, if I could get the new cell phone, well boy, I would really be happy today if I could get the new cell phone. Before you get home, they've come out with another one. You're already a dinosaur and obsolete, and, and that didn't do it for us, and... And uh, I want you to know today, if your happiness declines as the things that you thought brought you happiness grow older, you were never really happy to begin with. You were just the victim of really good marketing. Now, if you think today that I'm going to preach a message against things, I told you no thing brings you happiness. If you think I'm going to preach against things, you're wrong. Because I happen to believe in a God that delights in giving us things. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly in 1 Timothy chapter 6, charge them that are rich in this world, and before I go on, that's every one of us in this room, before we want to throw stones at the 1%, you're the 1% globally. In this world, we're all rich. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us, He gives us richly all things to enjoy so let me tell you what I know about things things can bring enjoyment things cannot bring happiness and it's it's good to have that distinction in your heart and mind I believe that happiness and an attitude of thanksgiving go hand in hand I think that's just how it works I've never met a happy person who is an unthankful person I've never met a thankful person that was an unhappy person I think that this season we're going to enjoy this week, this holiday this week is important because of the family time we'll share together, because of the great meals that many will enjoy, because there will be a lot of football on TV. Can I get a witness this morning? Yes, they say everyone in America eats Thanksgiving at the same time, at halftime. Okay, And so there's going to be a lot of football on TV, and, and that's good. But I think it's important because this emphasis to be thankful may very well may be the key to unlock the happiness in your life thankfulness gratitude happiness may be something that you possess but happiness has nothing to do with your possessions it's always about people relationships Even the so-called things that we may look to in our lives and say, well, I'm happy for that thing. That thing in one way or another was brought into your life by way of a person through a relationship. And I really believe that if we can develop an attitude of gratitude and a spirit of thanksgiving, that we'll see that the joy in our hearts and our lives can go to go to a whole new level. And so if you're able this morning, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing as we look to our text together, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the apostle Paul writing here says this, he said, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and concerning me. The Bible tells us to give thanks. Our Father, we're thankful this day for the service we've enjoyed. I thank you for these people that are here, Lord. They've come to worship your name and to uh, be a part of studying your word. And Lord, I pray that you would allow this time together to help all of us to understand the importance, the value, the the object of thanksgiving. May you be glorified through it. We ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, the holiday season officially kicks off this week, and I love this time of year. We're going to make our way through Thanksgiving, and we'll get to Christmas, and I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I I love the decorations. In fact, you're going to think we uh, have problems in our home. We've already decorated for Christmas because we're going to be gone on Thanksgiving. We wanted to come home to a winter wonderland, so we're already getting ready for Christmas. But as much as I love Christmas, I've got to be honest with you, there's a certain amount of stress that comes along with the season. I love my family, and I think my family would say that I at least attempt to be a generous and giving person, but shopping and spending money are two things that stress me out. Now, I'll have to do both of those things before it's all over with this Christmas season. But one thing I love about Thanksgiving is just the sheer peace of the day, the opportunity to get together with friends and family and, and to share a meal and, and just enjoy that very special time together. Our family, of course, will always pray for the meal and give thanks to God for what what he's done for us. But typically we'll go around the table and and we'll ask everyone around the table to share some things that they're thankful for. But more than that, the people, the relationships that make it all possible. And and so we'll stop and go around the table and everyone will say I'm thankful for and they'll begin to share the things for which they're thankful. Now, imagine with me today. Imagine what would happen in your life In your home, in your job, in in, in my life, I'm imagining, what would happen if rather than beginning a meal on Thanksgiving that way, if we started every day of our lives praying and thanking God for the good he's done, assessing the good in our lives so that we can express thanks? Imagine what would happen in your life and in your realm of influence if you spent time every day thinking of people that have blessed you and taking the initiative to say, I want you to know today, I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. I would imagine that an approach to life like that, it would change things dramatically. I think we all would become instantly more happy if we took time every day to assess how blessed we are and then to share that gratitude with god and those around us now paul wrote the letter of first thessalonians it was to a young church they were enduring so much and, and in the midst of this letter of course we're not going to read the whole letter today but if we did we would find that in this great uh, letter in the new testament paul tells this church things like stand fast in the lord See, they were enduring persecution. They were going through a difficult time. And and so he said, stand fast in the Lord. If we read on, we would find that Paul told this church, listen, you need to strive together in the work of God. Don't strive with one another, but strive together, work together. God's work is important. And so as you stand for God, make sure you're working well one with another. He went on to tell them about prophecy and to share with them that Jesus is, is coming again. And so get the picture. He says, take a stand. Work together. Jesus is coming again. I know you're living in a tough day, in a tough place. I know you're being persecuted. But then he comes to chapter 5 and verse 18, and he says, while you're standing, while you're serving, and while you're waiting for the return of Jesus Christ, give thanks. That's what you need to do. You need to give thanks. In fact, he said, in everything give thanks and this is very instructive for us and if you have your notes nearby this morning i want us to take some time to consider the role of thanksgiving to joy in our lives the first thought we're going to consider together is this we always have a reason for thanksgiving we always have a reason for thanksgiving now happiness does not produce thanksgiving per se but real thanksgiving will Give your heart a reason for happiness. Thankful people are happy people. Paul is making the point that although we may not be happy or thankful for every difficulty... For every trial through which we go he is saying that we can be thankful in every trial in every difficult moment i i love the way he said very clearly here uh in everything give thanks he did not say uh that we're to be thankful for everything but he said in everything give thanks he was very specific about that now have you ever stopped to consider just how blessed we are Look, if I were to ask for a raise of hands, how many of you like to tell your story of the thing that you've endured this week that was was hurtful or difficult? We could all tell one of those stories. But if I said, let's just stop for a moment and think how blessed we are, all of us could come up with a multitude of reasons as to why we're grateful. All of us. Uh, I like the Peanuts comic strip. It was Thanksgiving Day, and Charlie Brown brought out uh, Snoopy's meal for the day, and it was dog food. And Snoopy's looking at this dish of dog food with disgust and and uh, as charlie brown sets it down and walks away snoopy looks at it and he says this he says this isn't fair the rest of the world today is eating turkey with all of the trimmings and all i get is dog food because i'm a dog and then he goes on to say all i get is dog food go to the next frame he's still staring at it and he thought for a moment and he said this i guess it could be worse Today, I could be a turkey. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes we go through life and we fail to thank God for all the things that aren't present. And we fail to thank God for all the good that is present. You know, even in our tougher moments, there are blessings. If only we would stop and think it through. But the enemy of thanksgiving is a complaining heart. And a complaining heart robs us of joy. Man, the psalmist made an amazing statement in Psalm 77. I want you to listen to what he said. He said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. and That that word basically just means think on that for a while. He said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Now listen, some of you are thinking, I got overwhelmed, that's why I complained. And I would say, oh no. We all have things to which we go and our response to those moments is is going to determine what happens in our future Many people get overwhelmed and they complain But I want you to know what happens is we complain we get a wrong spirit. We get a wrong attitude. We're not thankful And the overwhelming comes, you know, a complaining spirit. It psychs us out in life If you're walking around looking for reasons to be offended and reasons to be upset You're not going to have any optimism or faith or hope for your future But if you determine to to focus on the good rather than complaining about the bad, I think not only will you have a happy heart, you'll have a thankful heart. You'll get more accomplished in the course of your life. Complaining people are conquered people. Complaining people are letting their circumstances determine who they are and what they can do. But if you're a child of God, you have not been built by Him to be a conquered person. In fact, we're more than conquerors in Christ. So today, we don't need to grumble and murmur and complain. We can boldly move forward. Paul, one time in Philippians chapter 2, had this to say. He said, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I'm going to read on, but Paul said, in everything, give thanks. Even in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, we can give thanks. So, in the midst of this nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. There is something special about a person who, although in some tough times, can rejoice, rejoice in who they are and what they have in Christ. Over the years, we've sent quite a few uh, groups out on short-term missions trips, and it's life-changing for everyone, but I almost wish that I could command every young person in our church to take one of these trips because it's most impactful on them. And it really helps them not only to shape a worldview by seeing more of the world, but to have a a good mind about how life is to be lived and what it's all about. One of the things I love about when our young people go to especially a very poor place and then they return is oftentimes they'll say something like this, Pastor, those those people are just so happy. And if you could peel the veneer back and get to their heart, what they're saying is this. Their country's not that great. They don't have much money at all. And they're still happy. And as the gears are grinding, you can see these young people beginning to come to terms with the fact, wait a minute. I guess all this stuff we think we have to have is not really what makes you a happy person. It's gotta be something else. Oh, listen, again, I told you I'm not preaching against things, but things just don't do it when it comes to happiness. They might give us a rush until the bill comes in or or the car might be great until it needs repairs. The new home might be awesome until your goofy neighbors move in next door and, and it changes everything. Things don't do it for us when it comes to happiness we're not to live our lives comparing one to another and sometimes our complaints they're viewed against the backdrop of of troubles in the lives of other people and when we look closely it can make us look pretty petty the 80s brought a lot of great things to the world Uh, that was kind of the decade in which i grew up and one of the great things the 80s contributed to the mosaic of humanity is your mama jokes how many of you are familiar with these jokes huh yeah, I heard a couple guys talking one guy said uh, your mama's got it so bad That when I was visiting her I asked where the restroom is and she said third tree on the right Okay, that's how bad she had it and the friend said I'll ask nothing uh, Your mama has it so bad. She goes to kentucky fried chicken to lick other people's fingers. Okay, so uh, If we want to compare all right, I just earned five dollars My wife did not think I would work a your mama joke into the sermon today. So <laughs> I win the game uh But you know, the point is, we can sometimes sit around and we want to play, I've got it worse than you, and we want to grumble and complain. And listen, what we do invariably is we make much of the difficult to the neglect of gratitude for the good that God is doing. You see, by our rationale, we would think things like, well, Bill Gates must be the happiest person in the world, or Warren Buffett must be the happiest person in the world, They may be happy. They may not be. I really don't know. But when we look to our God and the life he has given, we'll see that we're profoundly blessed. You see, if God today is your father, let me tell you something. He's loaded. He can provide for all we need. And because of who we are in Christ, we always have a reason for thanksgiving. Here's a second thought today. We always have a purpose for thanksgiving. We always have a purpose for Thanksgiving. Paul, in the closing words of this verse, says it this way. He said, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we always have have reasons to be thankful, but I want you to know today we have a purpose for which we can be thankful because the Bible says it's God's will for my life that I'm a thankful person. I think most Christians would have a little desire in their heart, I want to do the will of God with my life. I want to please God with my life, so I'll do His will. Well, let me tell you God's will for your life. It's that we'd all get a hold of this verse, put it into our lives, and that we would be thankful people because he said, give thanks. This is God's will for your life. An ungrateful and happy life is not glorifying to God, but a thankful and joy-filled life honor him. I like the way David dealt with this in Psalm 35 and verse 18. He said, I will give thee thanks in, remember, in everything give thanks. He said, I'll give thanks in the great, congregation i'll praise thee among much people now that's interesting to me why was he interested in thanking and praising god in the midst of the great congregation and around a lot of people. It had nothing to do with boasting or showing off. David's goal, his desire, wasn't to thank and praise God in such a way that other people would see David and and praise David. You see, he wanted to live a life of gratitude in the presence of others so they would understand how wonderful God is. He wanted to place the honor on the Lord. I think of Psalm 96, and the Bible goes on to talk to us here. It says, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day declare his glory among the heathen his wonders among all people for the lord is great and greatly to be praised he's to be feared above all gods and so we can praise and thank god in the great congregation around a bunch of people even around heathens or those who are not believers in god and, and again it talks about all people our lives are an opportunity to do god's will And when we honor the Lord by living a life of thanksgiving, we invariably lead others through our lives to think more highly of God. You know, in our day and age, people like to get on Yelp, and they want to rate and evaluate everything that happens. And uh, my daughter Julie was going to fire somebody up the other day. She was upset. She was going to toast them. I said, honey, be careful. You can ruin people's lives like that. Why don't you give a little grace? Now, you know, if you're going to go to Yelp, have a good time. But I said just don't toast somebody for the sheer joy of waxing eloquent on on a little review site and uh, and yet we we know what it is to want to give our opinion of something Let me tell you what your life is It's a gigantic yelp billboard for god when people view us, they should be able to tell right away that we're people of faith and that we believe that our God's a great God and a loving God and a forgiving God and a God who, who wants to do more than we could ever think or imagine. We're to honor Him. Years ago, our family was eating down the hill at Coco's when it was still there. And I remember that night we were sitting there and uh, we were eating and, and an elderly lady approached our, our table and uh, she said, excuse me, and I said, yeah. And she said, uh, I've been watching you and your family. And uh, I thought, oh, boy, this will be interesting. Right. And and uh, and then she said this to us. Are you Christians? And uh, at that moment, I thought, I'm glad it was this night she was watching us. We've had a lot of dinners get away from us. You know, she could have come over and said, excuse me, are you atheist? You know, but on on that night, for whatever reason, we must have been doing it right. We probably prayed for our food and we were enjoying a conversation and having a good time. And really, isn't that the way it should be in the life of a believer? It ought to be that people could observe our life and say, you must believe in in, in a God who's been good to you and has blessed you. We're to be advertisements for God and thanksgiving gives us the privilege of doing that. I don't want to live my life missing out on God's will and purpose. Yes, there is more to God's will in this world than thanksgiving, but can I tell you today, you will never get to the rest of it if you don't first nail down what it is to be thankful. Because thankless people Don't move forward in their lives of faith. Think of that. We need a heart that says, God, you've been good to me. You really have. You love me. If you're a believer, you can say you've saved me. You've done so much for me. God, I praise you for who you are. I praise you, God, for what you will do. You've blessed me. You know, if we don't have a foundation of gratitude, we won't move on from there. The final thought today I want us to see is this. Thanks must be given If you want Thanksgiving, thanks must be given if you want Thanksgiving. I I love the way Paul uh, says it here when he said, in everything, give thanks. Now, I realize I'll be playing with words here a bit, but uh, he did not say in everything, be thankful. Now, you can find verses that will say, be thankful, but that's not what Paul said here. He said, in everything, give thanks. And that's a great way to construct his thought. He said, in everything, give thanks. In other words, if you have thanks but have not given thanks, you have not done what the Bible's teaching us here to do. Now, if I were to ask for a raise of hands this morning of those who are thankful for God and his goodness in our lives, I think a great many, perhaps perhaps almost everybody here today, if I were to say, if you're really thankful for God for what He's doing in your life, raise your hand. I think a lot of hands went up. And if I were to then say, how many of you already today thanked God for that? If we were being honest, probably a lot less hands would go up because it's possible to have thanks and not give thanks. And when that's the way we live, we're we're defrauding those that are worthy of our gratitude. He's a good God to us. We're to be thankful Let let me give you the essence of what what I'm trying to say today. Being thankful and giving thanks. Well, those are just two different things. I think if you are thankful, you'll give thanks. But but so many people today, if I were to say, are you thankful? Well, sure, I'm thankful. And I'm, I'm saying, wonderful. Are you giving thanks? Are you giving thanks? Are you sharing it? Are you speaking up? Are you giving thanks? The challenge today is not to have thanks. The challenge today is to give thanks. And really, this has to begin with our approach to God. As I keep saying, He's a good God. I love James chapter 1, and verse 17. The Bible puts it this way. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And it cometh from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen, if if all we got out of this message today was the fact that our lives would immediately improve if we spent time every single day evaluating the good things that God has done for us and expressing that thanks to Him, it would encourage our relationship with God. It would bring a sense of joy and fulfillment to our lives that we'd be missing for not noticing what He's doing. We can be blessed. I want you to know God has given us people That need to know that they're loved and appreciated and acknowledged. They need to know what they mean to us. Did you know what your gratitude means? We've talked about to God, but did you know what your gratitude means to other people? When you tell another person, thank you for being you. Thank you for how you've blessed my life and how you've added to my life. Thank you for how you've ministered to me. Do you know what it does to that person? Your words of affirmation and thanks not only honor God who makes it all possible, it encourages other people. Years ago, before, just before coming to this area to begin the church, uh, I was asked by a, a family in the church in which I was working and serving as a youth pastor if I'd spent some time with their teenage son uh he'd gotten in all kinds of trouble and been kicked out of more than one school uh just an angry guy to be honest with you i had a lot on my plate a lot on my mind already we were preparing for the move here and and yet i was asked to spend some time with this young man so i did i knew he liked basketball so I picked him up and we went out and we played some basketball and then we went out and got lunch together and I'll be honest with you, when the day was done, I was just glad it was done. He was not a real joy to be around. He was just kind of a crabby, jaded, quiet. You had to pull everything out of him. And I do not have the gift of conversation. I worked very hard that day to try and keep it going. And he wasn't cooperating. But I, I tried to be kind and encouraging to him. And the day was done. And I thought, well, good. That's done. a few years ago, I got a letter in the mail. It's a letter that meant so much, it, it remains in my desk with me. I won't read the entire letter to you, um, but Jesse took the time years later to write this letter about an afternoon that I probably would have forgotten about were it not for a thank you letter. He talked about some things he'd gone through in his life and he talked about anger and bitterness and he talked about being angry even towards youth directors who reminded him about God. Real long story made short, God changed my life and he called me to preach and he gave me a hunger and thirst now for him and his word. He's got a plan for my life. And he said, I want to thank you for what you've done for me. Now, I tried to frame this in such a way that we're all aware, I'm not the hero of that story. God did something in his life. But if I did anything for that young man, I want you to know what this letter did for me in the moment in which it came into my life, put wind in my sails. There are moments in time in all of our lives where we just kind of feel like, man, am I making any progress? Am I helping anybody? Is any good coming out of my life? And and when someone speaks that word of gratitude our way, it says keep going. You have the capacity through your thanks to encourage others. I prepared this message and thought of that note. I got another note this week. That's our church on there. Don't you love construction paper? This came from one of our uh, senior citizens, I think. Just kidding, it's from the children. (laughs) Dear pastor, I'm learning about serving God in this church that you started. (laughs) What a funny way to say that. I'm learning about serving God in this church you started, you know. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. Thanks for helping us learn about Jesus. We're all going to have those days where we think there's maybe not as much to be thankful for as other days. We serve a great God. He always deserves thanks. And we're all surrounded by people that would be made better if we expressed thankfulness to them. And the best part of the deal is the more you say thankful to others, the happier you are inside because you're taking the time not to look around for the negative for which we can complain, but you're looking around for good stuff that we can express gratitude for. We all know, again, that if any good comes, it comes from God, but God wants to use you to bring good into the lives of others. Through your gratitude, you can please God. Through your gratitude, you can encourage others and put wind in their sails so that they want to keep going. And through gratitude, you can live an incredibly happy life as you look around and see the good. So the question today is this, are you living a life of thanksgiving? Would you all be so kind as to join me in standing, please? I'd like to ask you to bow your head as well in the spirit of prayer. And I want us to think about what it is we've heard today. Our heads are bowed, and I really believe the way our hearts and minds are wired, if I were to ask today before the service started, how many of you are thankful, I think just about everybody would have raised their hand, and I'm not going to insinuate that, that none of you are thankful. I, I think we're all thankful to a degree, but really today, more than how many of you are thankful, or how many of you have thanks, I want to think how many of you give that Thanks. I wonder how many of you have expressed that thanks to God. I wonder how many of you have taken the time to share with those in your life you're thankful for them. I, I wonder, are there some here this morning you'd say, you know, Pastor?